You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. We talk moto events from around the world. All the injuries, all the training ins and outs, the bikes, parts and gear inspections. The results, we interview your favourite riders. It's the Always Moto Podcast. We occasionally have some coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If you don't like it or you don't agree with us, turn it off right now. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. That's right, Moto fans. I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist. And this is episode 90 of the Always Moto podcast, proudly brought to you by Lee at Moto Australia. I'm your host, David Hogan, and we are not joined by anybody else today. Today is a different show. It's just me. It's just myself. I'll be here talking to you for the next 30 or so minutes, however long this takes to get through. We are the Always Moto Podcast. We are usually in the depths of the clinic throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick. Um, And as always on the show, well, we say always, but this time we'll be going through all things moto, yes, but not particularly the injuries in our sport. This show, this week's show, it's an inspection show. We haven't had one for a little while. We've been out and tested another motorcycle. Well, actually two. We're at the Beta 450RX. That's the 450 motocross bike from Beta that is still in production. We got to test the pre-production model from Beta Australia. Uh, and they also had the 300 two-stroke RX out there to ride as well while we're there. So we got to ride both of those bikes. So this show is an inspection. It's an always moto inspection. Throw that hashtag in front of it. You'll see it in there on the social posts as well. So lots to go through from that introduction there um, a week or so ago in Lismore that we went to for Beta Australia. Uh, so plenty to get through in this show. But hey, Moto fans, this episode is brought to you by Lee at Moto Australia, the ultimate gear and protection solution for riders seeking top-notch safety and style. From head to toe, Lee at Moto has you covered with innovative helmets, goggles, body armor, and more. Ride with confidence knowing you're backed by gear designed by riders for riders. Lee at Moto Australia has cutting-edge technology that pushes the boundaries in rider safety. Don't compromise on your safety and comfort. Choose Lee at to stay safe, ride fierce, and embrace the thrill. Head over to liat.com.au and gear up for your next ride. Got a couple other people to get through to thank on this show. Competitive Edge Performance, are you looking to take your performance to the next level? Then Competitive Edge Performance is the go-to provider of strength and conditioning programs, sports nutrition, and on-bike coaching schools for athletes of all levels, and they might be just for you. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned pro, they've got you covered, offering in-person sessions and top-notch online programs accessible anywhere, anytime through their awesome training app. Join Competitive Edge Performance today. Always Moto Podcast listeners can get 50% off your first month on their training app using the code COMPEDGECOACH. That's C-O-M-P-E-D-G-E-C-O-A-C-H, all in capital letters. And don't forget Slant Board Guy, that slant board in the gym to improve those legs, get them stronger, get your squats deeper, make your standing technique on the bike nice and strong. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase to check out with SAVE with Slant Board Guy. And endurance recovery boots, if you want to maximize that training using that something like that slant board, then you need to be recovered and then you need to use the endurance recovery boot system 
Get these reboots and get your recovery happening ASAP. Use the code ALWAYSMOTO in lowercase to check out and save with Endurance Recovery Boots. And don't forget Tech 167 3D printing. If you need something cool for your bike, maybe it's just a funnel. They've got you covered. They can print it. Um, very cool. We got to meet Joel as well um, from Tech 167 down in Melbourne at the WSX. He was one of the uh, mechanics working with Cole Thompson uh, as a bit of a fill-in there for the guys when they do some uh, – the, the teams obviously source local mechanics. Got to meet Joel. Awesome dude. Does some awesome work with Tech 167, so check them out. As always, we need your show, the support of the show, uh, and we have our T-shirts available. Our $25 plus postage and handling. Show your support of the show and rock your T-shirt at the next race. Email info at alwaysmoto.com. Put T-shirt order in the subject, and we'll send through a p- details for payment via PayPal. Now, speaking of PayPal, if you don't want a T-shirt, maybe you are, as the shirt says, too sexy for your shirt. Maybe you don't just wear shirts at all, but you can don't need one. Maybe you just want to donate to the show to help support the show anyway. We'll use that PayPal account. And all those links, particularly that PayPal account, are in the bio or in the show notes. So check them out and get straight to those pages and support the sponsors that are supporting us and support us directly. All right, enough for this intro talk. Let's jump into the show. Hi there. My name is Eldon Baker, and I'm from the Baker's Factory, and you're listening to Always Motor. All right, guys and girls, we are rolling into this Beta 450 RX 2024 model introduction that we attended uh, as part of the fullnoise.com.au group and obviously Always Moto. Uh, we were invited by Beta Motor Australia to head out to Lismore a week or so ago in the scorching heat to a private motocross track, which is always an awesome invite to get anyway. Uh, but the fact that we got to ride the brand new Beta 450 was high on the list as a reason to go. Uh, we found out on the day that this Beta 450 that was in attendance was basically the only one in Australia. It's a pre-production model and we were potentially, I'm not 100% certain on this aspect, but the guys from Beta were mentioning that they thought that we would be the first media outlets to ride the bike, which is kind of cool. So we're there with a group of others. Uh, There was three, four other media groups there. Uh, we took turns on that 450 throughout the day. We also had two 300 RXs there as well to uh, keep ourselves occupied and obviously compare the beta model um, to, you know, the 300 to the 450. But it's obviously the only other motocross bike that beta has as well. So it was something worth comparing to along the way. Now, let's quickly, as part of this whole introduction, I'm going to give a little rundown on what beta is, um, the, the beta guys there. Um, Tom from the marketing department managed to give us some really good information about Beta, the company itself, also the bike and, and obviously the 300 as well. We won't go through the 300 too much on this one um, in terms of the specs and stuff because you can check those all out. But the 450 obviously being brand new, um, not too much known about it at this stage other than the fact that it's been on the MXGP circuit for about two years now. Um, it's something that, you know, obviously you guys and girls out there are going to want to hear about it, you know, whether you want to purchase it or not at some point. So let's run through a little bit about the beta. We'll run through some of the specs of the 450 when we get there. And then we'll talk about our experience on the bike um, a little bit later on after we cover this first bit of information. So let's go through the brochure here and you'll probably hear me flicking through the pages in the background here. Um, we got a little bit of a PowerPoint display given to us basically. Um, but for those that didn't know, Beta has actually been around for quite some time now. Um, they first were formed in 1905 as Beta Motor, um, making handmade push bikes or bicycles of all things. Um, and have since obviously formed into some other areas since then. 
Um, but they didn't start actually making motorcycles until 1946, which was post-war. They started making some motorcycles, um, got into off-road market in the 70s, and have been doing things ever since. Now, obviously, most of their time has been spent in the trials area and then later in the enduro world. The motocross side of things, they have done previously way back when um, in terms of in that 70s period, but they obviously didn't continue it you know, into very far past that um, because they haven't really been doing anything in motocross until very recently, like we said, with that 450 uh, in the MXGP. Now, that MXGP side of things, they've been having Ben Watson, uh, the Brit, they're do riding the 450, uh, obviously in the MotoGP side of things, or the mo- sorry, MotoGP, MXGP side of things, they are able to ride bikes that are you know pure factory bikes. They don't have to be available. They don't have to be complied to a production rule, as does like American racing or Australian racing, for for example. They're able to basically build whatever they want and take it and race it. <clears throat> it doesn't have to be available for sale for the public or anything like that. It is a full world championship know factory spec options so hence they've been able to run this 450 without anyone really knowing too much about the bike uh, it's been a bit of a testing ground for them obviously to actually you know work out what's useful work out what's not and then get it into production and obviously like we said we ended up with this pre-production model that we were able to test here in australia in, in lismore the other week now ben watson's results not been fantastic since he's got onto this beta but obviously, there's a lot of development that goes into that. Now, he ran 12th overall in 2022 and 13th in 2023. But the team's expanding. They're bringing in another rider, Ivo Monticelli, in, in 2024. Ben Watson's going to be still there. So, there'll be a two-rider team next year. So, hopefully, they'll get more and more data, which will then obviously filter into more and more production um, you know, changes and improvements, which will be an awesome thing for the beta group. Now, the other thing that they're doing too, they're, they're sort of similar... like. Along the same lines, but what I gather is it's a, it's the American importer, not so much Beta Motor that's doing it, but the American importer, and I'm not 100% certain on that, so we can be corrected on that later if need be. But they've got an American Supercross team that's coming out for this year as well. They've got um, Colt Nichols signed for them, and if you haven't seen that interview with, we did with him at World Supercross when he was with Rick Weir Racing, we mentioned the Beta uh, and he talks about it as well. So check that out. It's on YouTube on our YouTube channel or on our post-race interviews from World Supercross there, which I believe is show 88, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, Colt Nichols is on that team, but Benny Bloss is also on that team as well. So they've got a two-rider team. They're going to be quite busy uh, in, in Supercross and getting things ready. They've already been testing the bike for quite some time. Uh when I say quite some time, a couple of months sort of thing. They've been, Benny Bloss was on the 300 for quite a while since he signed back in, I want to say that was just after Supercross that he announced that he'd signed with them because he then didn't do any outdoors. He then pulled out of the intended World Supercross ride. Colt Nichols is a later signing to that and was still able to then stay with that World Supercross ride. Um, but yeah, Benny Bloss has been riding a 302 stroke for <laughs> many months now, but he has been on the 450. They are in that Northern California region, testing it on Supercross on a private facility there. So there is a bit happening with the beta motors and this beta RX 450, you know, in the last few years, but then this year coming 2024, it's a big year, obviously with this production model coming out, um, you know, the two new riders in the American Supercross, the new rider to join Ben Watson into the MXGP 
And then Australia-wise as well, we're actually going to have a beta motorcycles team that's sort of in conjunction with a dealer uh, in Queensland. Uh, so, but we're going to have a 450 rider in the beta, um, under the beta tent as such in the Australian motocross series. And that's going to be Levi Rogers, which Levi was actually out at this test. He spun a couple laps. It was his first chance to get a go on the 450 as well. Um, and he was quite impressed with how things went for himself. So he's looking to improve. He, he managed to get 15th over the last two seasons outright for what was MX2 in 2022 and then MX1 in 2023. Um, but he'll be riding that, that Beta Motorcycles Australia and Caloundra Motorcycle Centre, a bit of a conjuncted um, efforts there for Levi and Beta in 2024. So, you know, the racing side of things with the motocross for Beta has really taken a step forward. Obviously, they're pretty predominant um, in the enduro side of things and trials. In enduros, they've had Steve Holcomb, you know, winning world championships, many world champions on those bikes. Um, in the Australian side of things, they do hard enduro and, they, you know, in the, in the, in the Australian off-road series. So there's plenty of um, Beta motorcycles out and about. They're just obviously still one of those smaller brands at this stage, and that's partly because of the fact that they don't have a motocross bike and a motocross team. They are only at that niche sort of area of trials and enduro, in enduro, but obviously 2024, they're expanding that out. So you might start seeing a lot more people having a Beta motorcycle in the pits at your, motor, at your motocross race. Given that they only had a 302 stroke before, this 454 stroke is going to open those doors up to a lot more people to be able to have one in their garage. Now, let's quickly touch into these specs here for this 4, 450. Um, some of the general features, there's a bunch of them here. Uh, we'll run through them. Obviously, the simple things like, you know, gripper seats. Um, they've got an all-new frame for this 450, and it's different from the 300, which we'll talk about in a sec. Um, it's actually got an aluminium subframe. It's the first beta to have that, which means they've changed all the rear end in terms of the plastics. Uh, the enduro models actually have a plastic composite. So for the motocross bike, they've obviously gone for a bit more beefier, solid uh, construction. So they've gone to that. It's more of a traditional thing. Most most bikes have an aluminium subframe. Um, obviously, the Husky's there in a period to have a composite one. But yeah, they've gone to that aluminium subframe. They've got a whole different airbox and intake because of that compared to what their RR models are. Now, the RR models are the enduro side of things. So this one's being the RX, obviously all new. Um, obviously, the 450 engine, it's got a diaphragm clutch, which is which I understand is across some of their models. Um, KYB shock and forks, um, Nissan brakes front and rear, uh, and obviously traction control and two ride modes that are done electronically. And they'll be available on a bar pad mounted switch option so it's going to be in the center of the bike there'll be lights on it and all it wasn't functioning this pre-production model had a um a dummy version it had like the 3d printed you know crossbar pad with the thing in it it wasn't actually wired in it was just for display purposes but that in the production in the you know the ones that are on the floor will be that'll all be functioning and and that's where it'll be so obviously when these things come out pre-production um not everything's finalized at this point in time um, so there, there's some of the key features of this 450. Now let's see what else we got here. We're running through it. Um, so the from the motor side of things, the motor is obviously a whole new 
purpose-built 450 motocross uh, engine from Beta. Um, like we said, we've got two two maps, engine maps. It's a dry and a wet is what they term them. Basically, like an, an aggressive and a and a and a and a docile version. There's a traction control option that's on and off, and that can be on or off on dry and on or off on the wet. So you've got basically four traction control modes that go with those two engine maps. 46 mil throttle body, diaphragm clutch. It actually has three adjustable um, positions with that diaphragm clutch, so you can make it be more grabby or not. Interesting setup there. I'm not sure exactly. We didn't actually get to test that on the day, so I'm not 100% sure of how that all works and feels, but some adjustment available there. Um, It's got a um, four-valve direct overhead cam, finger followers, um, motor, and... you know, titanium intake steel exhaust. So I'm reading these specs as we're going. So some of it won't make complete sense as I'm going because I'm reading it in a bit of a jamble because it's all over the place here. Trying to make it in a straight order. Apologies for that. Uh, uh, five-speed gearbox, which is a bit of a more of a motocross sort of thing, <coughs> um, which is different from their other bikes, obviously having six speeds in the enduro because they obviously want a bit more length in some of those gears in the topper end for highway sort of sections you know longer road sections that you have to go on at times um, like i said alloy subframe the 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 frame part is the big change in this that we'll get to here in a sec uh, what else we got um the there is a button to release the air box um and the seat on this which is an interesting one and if you check out our article on fullnoise.com.au which will be out here shortly um you'll see that there's a picture of that and it's a bit of an interesting setup that they've got going there um, KYB 50 mil shock, um, KYB 48 mil um, AOS closed cartridge, cartridge fork. Uh, what else we got? So let's go with we've got the 46 mil throttle body, traction control, five five speed, um, steel frame, wheelbase is 1485 mil, um, seat height is 945 millimeters. Ground clearance is 330 mil. Now, the dry weight of the bike is 104 kilograms. Now, as a motocross bike, for me, it felt fine. Um, it felt reasonably, you know, weight-wise, okay. You pick it up on the stand. feels exactly like a motocross bike. doesn't feel light. doesn't feel heavy. feels what you expect. So, the weight range is, is fine for me. The fuel capacity is a 7-liter capacity on this 450. Now, if you notice some of the images on it, again, check out the fullnoise.com.au um, article that we've got up on this. The fuel tank is a bit more of a shorter, um, compact unit compared to the 300 RX range. The 300 is sort of a bit more built from the Enduro range, whereas this 450 is more purpose-built. So there's a fair few changes on it, one being that fuel tank, which then gives it a different sort of, just a slightly different shape and feel when you're sitting on top of the bike. Um, Nissan calipers front and rear, um, t- obviously the regular um, forks uh, and shock and front rim sizes, 21 and 19 inch rear. Now, <coughs> regular retail price for this one, it's going to be 14495 They're saying available from February 2024, but they're probably going to be somewhere in that early part of 2024, quarter one. Um, and they will come with a stand. Uh, as in, you know, the red box stand that's all beta um, polished up, which is kind of cool. So there's those things. Now, what else have we got specifically? I've got those two two brochures here, so I'm just going to flip over to the second one. I think we've covered all of that stuff. Um, Oh, yeah, some other key components. They've got um, alloy chain tensioner, blue anodized XL rims, um, a red chain guide, 
red anodized dual material sprocket. So that's the rear sprocket. Um, the foot pegs on these beaters. I don't know if anyone has noticed, but the foot pegs on these, they're a black alloy, black anodized alloy, and they're rather beefy. They're about a 57 mil width peg standard. And to look at them, they're chunky as. So they're quite a solid looking foot peg, which is, which is really good. Um, yeah, racing graphics, <laughs> which is funny because that's one of those things that people get picked on all the time. They updated the graphics, um, but they, that's one thing they've put on here. Now, the bike, that's the other thing that will come with the bike. There is actually f- available to be four different throttle pulleys that come with it. So you can customize the throttle response, which is kind of nice. You've got some things that are actually able to make this bike feel a bit more like yourself. Um, so, yeah, so there we go. So they're the specs of the bike, um, the main things that you're going to get to. Obviously, electric start. Uh, what else? I think there's, I'm just running through the last spec list here. So I think that's about all we need to cover from that side of things. So that's the bike itself. Now let's run through the day itself. So we get to Lismore. We've obviously had to fly into, we had to fly into the Gold Coast and drive down. Bit of an hour and a bit drive to get there, which is fine. But we got to a property private property right near the airport there in Lismore. Anyone driving past probably knows there's a motocross track there because it's pretty easy to see the jump sticking out of the ground. But it's a beautiful property. Unfortunately, all underwater from, you know, when that flood went through Lismore a year or so ago. Um, But it it looked really, you know, really nice, prepared and looked after when we were there um, for this introduction. The place is all green paddock, which was amazing. I thought it'd be a bit more dry than that, but they've always had plenty of rain. But, you know... Nice hard pack track. Not great in terms of ruts. Obviously, only a few of us going around. Um, not really ripped as such. So we didn't get great test in terms of um, rutted track, but we had a pretty hard pack track. So we got a feel for the bike on that sort of surface. Plenty of jumps. Um, weren't jumping all of them just yet. It took me a while. There's so many jumps on track. It took me a while to remember which jump was where. Anybody that's ever been to a new track with lots of jumps will get that feeling of crap i've turned the corner what's that jump again is that a double is that a canyon to you know single to a tabletop is that a on off what are we doing here um it took me a while to really remember all those things and then obviously not being comfortable on the bikes just yet throughout the day you know each time you got on a different bike you sort of had to relearn everything again so we didn't get all those jumps down as we you know would would have liked to but the track was pretty good fun Unfortunately, the day was super hot. It was ridiculously hot. We got there, I think we got to the track at about 9 o'clock, 9, 10 o'clock, something like that. Um, didn't get on the bikes till about 10, 30, 11. By that point, it was well into the high 30s um, and it was a scorcher all day. It wasn't too bad while you're moving on the bike, but as soon as you stop still, it's like you just rode into an oven. So the track condition for that side of the environmental conditions was quite difficult for both me and the bike. Obviously overheating in that scenario is quite simple to do, but you know, and we were obviously doing at towards the end of the day, doing photo shoots as well, trying to just do a single corner. So you're not getting a lot of airflow over the motors and whatnot. So the bikes were getting quite hot, unfortunately. Um, but that's expected in those scenarios. Now the bikes themselves, I started out on the 300 RX just to get a feel for things. I felt that that was my safe option. I'm a 300 two-stroke rider. I've got the Sherco Motorcycles Australia 300, um, you know, two-stroke in the in the shed. I ride it regularly. Know what it feels like. Know the motor. Um, and given that these bikes have KYB suspension, I thought it'd be a familiar feel. And it was. Um, it was probably a good choice for me to go out on that 300 first. 
being stock, obviously a few things were in diff- slightly different places and obviously they might have a slightly different internal feel of the like build of the shock and the shim stacks and the, in the forks and whatnot. But it felt familiar. The power was similar. Um, I was able to learn the track. But the bike itself, the Beta 300, was a bit of a... Obviously not having things like my bikes are off-road enduro bikes. So they've got headlights, they've got taillights. Um, you know, there's a bit more weight on those because of the speedo. You know, there's just and bash plates and radiator guards and hand guards and all these sorts of stuff. It's all just weighing the bike down just a little bit more. And so the the motocross 300 doesn't have any of that stuff on it. So the damn thing was really light, and you could feel that in the in the in the riding of it. It just felt a bit floaty across the, the across the surfaces, and particularly when you got to the corners, the frame itself and the suspension arrangement wasn't feeling fantastic for me at that point all these things are adjustable mind you we do when we we, you know we can adjust these things in terms of fork heights and clicker settings and we did across the day and things got better uh, which is the main thing here to to make sure you're aware that the stock bike isn't for everybody right it's it's stock for a reason it's trying to hit a range of people now you can adjust so many things on these bikes uh, before you even have to then take it to someone like a suspension tech to get it even further, you know, shim stacks change. There's so many more things you can do before you get to that point to make you comfortable on the bike. So just because I say that the bike didn't feel, um, you know, fantastically comfortable for me at that point, that's because it was me. If, if it was you on the bike, you might feel that differently. So the bike just felt light. It felt a bit extra nimble than I was expecting it to be. The power was very similar. Um, that carby response of, of the Kian on the on the 300RX is familiar to me. That's what the Sherco has on it. It's what I used to run on a KDM 300 as well. This one on the 300RX actually has a 38mm, not a 36mm PWK, which is, you know, giving it a slightly different feel. But I also felt that it might have been jetted slightly differently than what I would have um, had in my bikes because it sort of got to a point in the in the range and it just sort of signed off on the power so whether that was just that stock setting or not but that's just where it was for me but it gave me a good feel of what the beta motorcycle was like i said the frame had a feel of it in the corners the bike was really narrow at the top of the seat i felt like i was actually you know almost having the seat come up into my into my crutch too much um, but then it felt a little bit down through the th- bit thicker through my feet um, you know the inner leg gripping points where the tank sort of hits sits down lower um, but then everything else felt you know natural the 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 rider triangle itself in terms of the distance from the foot peg to the handlebars and the handlebar to that mid seat point felt fine you know it felt a- felt average but these things all then gave me a good feel for what a beat up motorcycle is going to feel like, right? So then I could compare that to this brand new 450RX. Now, the RX450 is a good-looking motorcycle. It It's just something about that European look, the steel frame, the the, the brighter colours in that plastic, that blue-red in the plastic and the sticker kit, the bit of anodizing that they've got on the bike, the coating on the swing arm that's the black coating, the black foot pegs, they've got some select anodized bits around the bike in terms of the oil filler cap and um, you know the black covers on the actual um, clutch covers and ignition covers it's a good looking bike blue blue rims the blue rims are a nice touch the xl rims on this are a nice touch so there's some things like that that just make the bike look 
the part, right? Straight off the bat. Whether it functions the way, you know, it looks, but it looks good to start with. So that's half your battle, right? You, you, it looks fast sitting on the stand. The bike itself, the first thing you'll notice when you sit on this bike compared to that 300RX is the seat is a little bit wider, which actually felt nicer compared to the 300. The 300 at the seat point, I actually felt looks too narrow. I actually thought it went too far inwards. But the 450 is just 10 mil wider. I measured it as 10 mil wider. And that made all the difference at the seat point. And it actually stayed about that, or it felt like it stayed more um, symmetrical going down to my feet and my pegs width because that tank was a different size. Like we said in um, the specs, it reads, the, the tank itself is a bit more compact. It doesn't sit as low. It, it sits more in, in the bike than it sits around it. And, and that's part of the, in fact, due to this new frame design as well. So because this... Because the 300 is built off the enduro bikes, it sort of brought some of those bigger things along with it. But because this 450 is is all new, everything is redesigned. So that whole cockpit, that whole tank, the frame, the subframe at the rear, the rear guard, it's all different. So that aluminium subframe, the different tank, the wider, slightly wider seat, uh, and that that rear guard, rear airbox assembly with the plastics being all there's a button to remove the seat, and and then the plastics, the three piece plastic system, off the back, which is different from all the other bikes that Beta has, makes this just feel a tiny bit different when you're sitting on the bike. The next thing you then notice is obviously when you look down at that frame, that main spar that you see come out from the top of the. Um, you know, from above the, the, the fuel cap there, from b- that point up to where the triple clamps mount. When you look at it compared to the 300RX, it's massive compared to the 300. The 450's frame is a much bulkier arrangement, giving it some more rigidity. On track, as soon as I rolled out on track on the 450, I could tell that that bike was more stable. Partly because there's obviously a 450 engine, so there's a little bit more inertia and a little bit more weight with that than compared to the 300. But that frame, that frame makes a big difference. It sits down a um, s- s- bit more connected to the track. It feels more on on the ground than the 300. The 300 felt very light and floaty. The 450, it's connected. It's, it's, it's really getting the tires on the ground and it's moving itself through the track, not across the track, through the track. So that frame is a big difference. Now the frame with the suspension, obviously that uh, KYB suspension, it's been probably, uh, and I don't know this for sure, but I would guess that it's got a slightly different spring rate compared to the 300, given that the bike is different frame, different motor weights, um, and potentially aimed at a slightly different rider weight as well. So I assume that the springs are different. I don't have that information at hand to confirm it but it did sit a bit higher and a bit more solider on the track in terms of when I got on it, the sag side of things didn't go down. Um, you know, it just felt a bit more rigid as such in that side of things. The KYB suspension bar, that feel that I mentioned across being familiar from my bikes, being my Sherco being KYB, we've ridden that YZ250F intro that's also on fullnoise.com.au. If you haven't checked that out, you should. But they had KYB as well. This beta had that KYB set up as well. They all feel familiar, right? There's just a familiar feel. So if you've got one of those bikes or if you've got a bike with KYB settings in it that's a reasonably current model, 
you're going to feel exactly the same when you get onto this beta on that aspects of things, the fork and the shock. You're going to feel a familiar feel in how it operates. Now, for me, that familiar feel is that the rear end's a little low and the front end's a little high. And that seems to be this American trend that's coming through the bike settings at the moment. All the top Americans like to have that chop it out feeling. You hear Aaron Plessinger say it all the time. I like it, chop it out. You hear Eli Tomac say it all the time. He doesn't like it if the if the seat comes up and hits him in the butt. It gives him forearm pump. So they get all these things and they set them down in the rear. That's great if you're a rear steering guy. That's great if you're on a high-speed track that's really open. In Australia, on our tracks that are a bit more lower speed, they're a bit tighter. The corner radius isn't as wide. Uh, we have tighter ruts or more ruts and deep ruts and chop and a lot more shit going on on our tracks. They need to turn or be a little more stable in terms of that front to back positioning. And for me, being from an off-road scenario, I like my bikes to turn on a dime. And that low rear doesn't allow that feel. And it gives me a pushing sensation in the front. So I always like to try and crank those up and drop the fronts down, which is what I did across the day. And it made it a little bit better. But obviously, I only got a short period of time on this bike because we had multiple medias, uh, media outlets going on the one bike. So I didn't get to really tweak it as much as I liked. But that familiar feel of that low rear, high front is something that you will notice across all these bikes. But that's what this Beta 450 RX has as well. So if you like that, you're going to love this bike. In terms of how it performs motor-wise, it's a 450. This motor is obviously all new for Beta in terms of its five-speed box um, and its power delivery, its mapping, um, you know, the two-engine maps, the traction controls, all those sorts of things. They're all new, right? So they're all still working out. Now, for me, it's is it the fastest 450 I've ever ridden? No, it's definitely not. But it's a... As Beta says, they've got this tagline about being rideability so that all riders of all levels can be comfortable and have a rideable, uh, you know, a nice ride on their bikes. And that's what they target. And I think that's what they hit with this bike, right? This bike is not going to rip your arms out. It's got that 450 tractor. It's got that bottom end sort of, you know, just grunt that that 450 should have. It's not, like I said, reefing my arms out and it's not killing me at top speed right i'm not i'm not scared of the for this 450 in terms of the power it's rideable everywhere um whether that makes some people might say that's mellow some people might say that's a slow motor it's just a rideable motor it can be used just about anywhere everywhere which is a good thing for the majority of the consumers out there you're going to like this bike and be able to get on and go and feel comfortable now, similar to our other tests as well that we've done, whenever we've got a bike that's got multiple maps, we try and give those things a crack. Um, you know, yes, this one just had a bit more of a docile feel in terms of the dry versus wet. Um, and then they also have a traction control option. Now, that traction control can go on or off on both dry and the wet maps that they have in this beta motorcycle. Um for me, I, I said this before on other tests, I'm not a fan of the the different maps and the um you know the preset maps that is and the, and the traction control i like to be able to control these things myself I'm, I'm a bit old school in that side of things i like to be able to rev the motor up and spin the wheel when i want to and control it myself and use it to my advantage and use it to my disadvantage in some circumstances but i'd prefer to be able to use it the way i want to than be have to try and do something and not be able to because the traction control is on so it's there if you're new school and you want those things 
it's available, right? They've got the tech, it's there. I'm not personally using it, but that's just me. Um, it's not a, not a knock against these things. It's just not how I'm used to riding my bikes and, and not what I'm looking for in that performance aspects. But they have them there available if you want to or choose to use them. So that's a good thing as well. Now that bar pad for the beta, that, that map switch is going to be built into the bar pad. Um, I'm not 100% sure I like that. The fact that it's right in the center of the bar pad, it's still something, the bar pad's meant to be obviously a bit of a safety thing if you smack your face on it with that big plastic mount there. I'm not sure that's a great position for it. That might change in time, but that's where they had it on this production model, uh, pre-production model. So whether it's still there at production time, don't know. Not sure I agree with it being there from, you know, you guys and girls out there listening to this know that I talk about injuries all the time in our other shows. That's my, my thing. That's my tagline, being a physio, not a doctor. <coughs> that one sort of stands out to me as a bit of a meh, but it's where they've got it right now. Um, so that's that's where it'll be. Now, let's talk about the two bikes and sort of compare what you would want to be doing or p- which one you would pick over the other one and why. So why would you go the 450 RX over the 300 RX? Now, there's a pretty big obvious reason. One, you're a two-stroke guy two, and or you're a four-stroke guy. The other one is that you're probably, if you're the four-stroke guy, you're probably going for more, you're trying to, you know, race this regularly at a high level. Um, you know, you're doing maybe at least club events, every club event regularly trying to go for a club, you know, points in the championship. Or you're doing things like, East Coasts, na- state rounds, national rounds, etc. Because you want that power that would make you competitive in that MX1 class. So if you're that competitive style, your guy, or you, you know, you're just on a 450, that's what you're going to go to. The 300, being that two-stroke 300 power plant, it's a fun bike. If you and the fact that it's a carby and it's all simple. In terms of the maintenance aspects of it, there's no cam chain, there's no valve clearances. It's just a piston that goes up and down. You change the spark plug, you change the air filter, clean the car out, drop the oil, Bob's your uncle, um, and away you go. This thing is a nice bike to have on that aspect. So if you want to do your own maintenance, save some money on the maintenance because there's not as many parts to change, um, want to have a good time, maybe a bit you know, maybe you've never liked the 450 power delivery, a bit scared of it because some people are. Um, you just want to be able to enjoy your ride but have a bit of power um, and a light bike that you know isn't going to ride you at times when you get tired because that's what the 450s can do sometimes. When you get tired, they'll just, you know, throw you around a bit more because there's a lot more inertia in those motors and the power and everything and a bit, little bit of extra weight. Um, well then you know and maybe that vet rider is that person who wants that 300 rx or maybe just out there for fun but that would be a very good bike but the 450 um with the changes they've made in terms of that frame in terms of the ergonomics the seat and the tank the um, power delivery it's just it's a good upgrade now you're probably going to see and i would expect to see these changes that they've made to this rx 450 start filtering across then to that 300 rx and even potentially to the rr models at times but i dare say you'll see then you know this 450 advance as well in future models and potentially you know at some point you'd expect them to have an mx2 bike here with a 250 and you'll see those same sort of things so that frame stability that it had from that wider frame i think people are going to like that uh, and it's going to filter across more of their bikes so that 450 it's a pretty interesting prospect like we said it's not going to be available here until some point in quarter one expecting somewhere around february 
Uh, what do we say? 14,4950. Yep, 4950. Uh, 495, sorry, not 50. Um, so, yeah, it's it's in the ballpark for other 450s. Um, it's a very interesting option. It's going to have Max's tyres on it. Now, in their shots on the Full Noise article, it's actually got Pirellis on it. That's because Beta Australia has a Pirelli. Their racing teams have a Pirelli deal, so they pop them on the bikes. And this is something I'm you know, going to admit to here. But I might be the only guy in Australia that doesn't like Pirelli tyres. I don't like them. It's just me. Again, I have a different feel for things. I've grown up on other tyres. I, I rode Bridgestones as a kid. I even rode something that might... might Plenty of you won't know, but a Trelleborg tyre on the rear at times. Um, and then I've gone into the Michelin tyre family for a long period of time. And I'm still using those tyres, the Starcross 5s, the Starcross 6s now. You've seen me do those um, that, that video on the product review for the Starcross 6s when they came out. They're my tyres of choice. For whatever reason, I'm just comfortable on them. Maybe it's exposure. Uh, maybe it's my style suits that tyre. I don't know, but that's what seems to work for me. But with the Pirellis, I always feel like they have grip until they don't. So that was another thing I wasn't a fan of on the day. The Maxis being on there, I'm not really you know, here nor there on either. Um, tires like suspension setting, like handlebars, like grips, like seat covers, like pegs, they're all things to me that are customizable and changeable. Because they come on the bike stock doesn't mean squat to me. It might to somebody else because they might like those things and that might be all they're going to leave on it. So they want those things to be good from the get-go. But for me, I'm going to always change those things. So I'm not going to really be down on a bike because of those things. I'm going to point out that I might not like those ones and I would change them, which is what I'm doing right now. But there's not an issue with them, right? They are perfectly good for the majority of users. I just know that they're not something that I have a more comfortable option with something else. But in terms of this bike, the products are sound. So that's what you should be looking at from these bikes and the fact that these things come with a lot of these things as standard, it's great. I would, Like I said, I would change them, personal preference. You have a personal preference, you might like Dunlops. That's fine. You can put Dunlops on your bike. But that's just my preference on these things. But yeah, the Pirelli's on there, yeah, you can keep them. I'm not a fan. Like I said, I might be the only guy in Australia that's not a fan of Pirelli tyres. I don't know why, it's just what happens for me. Maybe they can change that. Maybe I just haven't found the right, uh, use the right, um, you know, model tire. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens one day. But, but uh, anyone, any Pirelli, um, <laughs> any Pirelli reps out there, apologies. But um, you might have to send me something else to try at some point. But yeah, I haven't haven't found one I liked yet. All right. So that's our beta day. Now, one, the other side of this, we had our lead gear on. Um, it was awesome. I actually got to run our um, New Jersey that. Um, Tom from Bolt MX, of all things. Um, Tom actually has a few different companies and he has a sticker and jersey printing company, which name escapes me right now. Apologies, Tom. But he hooked us up with the, the prints on the jersey. So thank you to that. Um, but we're able to run all that gear out there. Now, obviously in the heat, wearing long pants and long shirt is not a great idea, but that shirt did breathe reasonably well. Like I said, when we're moving, I didn't notice... Um, the heat so much so obviously the, the, the air was getting through the jersey nicely um, and through the pants nicely but obviously as soon as you stopped it all just sort of sat on me um, but that's yeah that's <laughs> that would have been anything so yeah but we're looking pretty sharp check out the colors range we've got a new color kit on um, in the pictures that are on fullnoise.com so check those out but the guys at lead moto australia doing a good job with the gear this year um, and supporting always moto 
which is awesome. So thank you to Leap Motor Australia as well. All right, let's um, that I think that about wraps up the the beta day. Oh, other than the fact that I think I drank about seven liters of water across the day. It was insane how much fluid I lost across that day. We did do a fair bit of riding. Um, I did a bunch of laps on the 300. Unfortunately, I probably only got like 20, 20, maybe 30 minutes on the 450 across the day, which was obviously in the heat plenty. Um, but I did a fair bit more on the 300s in terms of warming up in the morning and then in between time when the other bikes were out, just trying to get familiar with the beaters so I could do that information that I just gave you about them and be accurate with what I have because I haven't actually ridden a beta previously to this uh, to this test this time. So, yeah, it was, an, it was a new experience for me, learning the beta feel um, and obviously talking with the guys from beta. Tom was there, the marketing guy, Vic, um, the, the parts and warranty, um, and Ash as well, the one working as the mechanic there. Um, those guys were quite good, let me fiddle with the bikes. So appreciate you guys having me out. Look forward to doing it again at some point soon. But um, to everybody out there listening, if you're thinking about a Beta 450, you won't be disappointed. Um, and if you want to see one in person, they'll be available very soon in the stores. And I don't think you'll be disappointed if you see it in person either. So check them out. All right, let's uh, take a quick break here on the Always Motor Podcast. We'll be back in just a sec. I'm Ryan Collenberg. I'm racing the Australian Supercross with Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys, girls, we are back. Thanks for sticking around on the Always Moto Podcast brought to you by Liat Moto Australia. This is episode 90. It is the Beta Australia 450 RX introduction. We did also ride that 300 RX. Now, if you've got to hear and you haven't heard it all for some reason now, go back, listen to it again. Um, but that is the updates. We do have the written content with the images over on Full Noise com.au thanks to maddie mcfadden for the images he was our photographer for the day now let me just double check that i got that mcfarren yeah i got that correct i thought i did i thought i was gonna say that wrong maddie mcfarren um, appreciate the effort there mate you're standing out there in the sweat in the heat sweating your nuts off um surprised you got out of there without um losing 10 kilos it was a bloody hot day but appreciate the effort on the camera mate it was well done all right, um, let's quickly wrap up. So thanks to Leap Motor Australia. Thanks to Competitive Edge Performance, Slantboard Guy, Endurance Recovery Boots, and Tech 167 for the show support. Uh, you now, don't forget to get those T-shirt orders to us. We need to get some of these sales up, mate, guys and girls. Um, info at alwaysmoto.com to keep this show on the road. Um, if you're not following us on the social media pages, make sure you are. Search Always Moto and then follow and subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast feed. If you're listening on the Spotify or Apple Please leave us a rating on there. It will help us immensely and it means heaps to me. Really, it does. Um, it means that there's somebody out there that cares. So please leave us a rating. It'll mean the world. Um, don't forget to check out the articles on fullnoise.com.au. Um, but that's it. Thanks to you guys and girls out there for listening. Thanks to the wife and kids for letting me get out and go and test these cool bikes all around the place. Remember, you need to be smooth to be fast because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department, maybe even the clinic having strapping tape thrown wherever it will stick.